0: What was the ramiumptum? What has a more powerful effect on people, the sword or the word? Is God a spirit forever? How many antichrists are there in the Book of Mormon? Does the devil have children? Did the Nephites truly practice freedom of religion? Hello, Max here. Welcome to the Come Follow Me podcast. This review covers the lesson plan for Alma chapters 30 and 31. Please subscribe to be notified for our upcoming videos. For the sake of time, I will not cite all the parallel phrases and words from the New Testament that are in the Book of Mormon text. While it can be argued that some of the parallels are coincidental, most are so strong that it is impossible to not conclude that their true source is from the King James Bible. For a complete transcript of this lesson, please click on the link in the description below. As we begin chapter 30, it has been two years since the Lamanite converts left their lands and followed Ammon and his brother to Zarahemla where the Nephites gave them the land of Jershon in which to settle. Remember, the unconverted Lamanites followed these anti-Nephi-Lehi's, or the people of Ammon, to the land of Zarahimla, and a tremendous battle with the Nephites ensued. The year is approximately 74 BC, in the 16th and 17th year of the reign of Judges, and the people in the Zarahimla area have now enjoyed a couple years of continual peace. Alma 30 verse 3. The people were keeping the commandments and observing the law of Moses. Verse 5, in the 1830 edition, page 305, the phrase, quote, the commencement of, appears, but was
1: dropped in later editions. Alma 30, verse 6. But it came to pass in the latter end of the seventeenth year, there came a man into the land of Zarahemla, and he was Antichrist, For he began to preach unto the people against the prophecies which had been spoken by the prophets concerning the coming of Christ. This is the third
0: antichrist we have encountered in the Book of Mormon. The other two being Sherem and Nehor. Though these other men are sometimes referred to as antichrist figures, this is the first and only individual in the Book of Mormon actually called an antichrist.
1: Alma 30 verse 7 Now there was no law against a man's belief for it was strictly contrary to the commands of God that there should be a law which should bring men onto unequal grounds. Discrimination, according to belief, was forbidden. Alma 30, verse 8. For thus saith the scripture, Choose ye this day whom ye will serve.
0: Mormon is quoting a
1: familiar passage
0: from Joshua 24:15. No big deal, right? Wrong. It is a big deal, because the book of Joshua was written in 550 B.C., During the Babylonian exile. Remember Lehi's party left Jerusalem in 600 BC, just before Jerusalem was taken captive by the Babylonians. Thus, the book of Joshua would not have been in the brass plates of Laban. So, Mormon, who is telling the story, would not have a copy of the book of Joshua to quote from. That is an obvious problem.
1: Alma 30 verse 9. Now, if a man desired to serve God, it was his privilege, or rather, if he believed in God, it was his privilege to serve him. But if he did not believe in him, there was no law to punish him. They claim to believe in
0: and practice religious freedom, but we will find out differently in this lesson. The words believe in God are in Titus three eight, and believe in him are in
1: Romans 10.14. Alma 30 verse 10. But if he murdered, he was punished unto death. And if he robbed, he was also punished. And if he stole, he was also punished. And if he committed adultery, he was also punished. Yea, for all this wickedness they were punished.
0: Today we would consider all these punishable crimes
1: except adultery. Alma 30, 11 and 12. For there was a law that men should be judged according to their crimes. Nevertheless, there was no law against a man's belief. Therefore a man was punished only for the crimes which he had done, therefore all men were on equal grounds. And this Antichrist, whose name was Korahor, and the law could have no hold upon him, began to preach unto the people that there should be no Christ, and after this manner did he preach, saying,
0: Like Nehor, the name Korahor sounds evil, doesn't it? Alma 30 verse 13. Here are the emotionally charged, powerful words of Korahor.
1: O ye that are bound down under a foolish and a vain hope, why do ye yoke yourselves with such foolish things? Why do ye look for a Christ? For no man can know of anything which is to come. In saying that
0: no one can know the future, Korhor just contradicted what he just said in verse 12, where he claims to know the future enough to know that there will be no Christ. Verses 14 through 15.
1: Behold, these things which ye call prophecies, which ye say are handed down by holy prophets, behold, they are foolish traditions of your fathers. How do ye know of their surety? Behold, ye cannot know of things which ye do not see, therefore ye cannot know that there shall be a Christ.
0: Korihor cannot defend his statement with reason or logic, for how can a person know there is no God unless he has the power of God to see everything and everywhere in the universe? From the world's perspective, seeing is believing. From the gospel perspective, believing is seeing.
1: Alma 30, verse 16. Ye look forward and say that ye see a remission of your sins, but behold, it is the effect of a frenzied mind. And this derangement of your minds comes because of the traditions of your fathers, which lead you away into a belief of things which are not so. In the 1830 edition, page
0: 350, it read, it is the effects of a frenzied mind, quote. In the 1964 edition, effects was changed to effect, and frenzied, spelled P-H-R-E-N-S-I-E-D, was changed to be spelled F-R-E-N-Z-I-E-D. Alma 30, verse 17. Korihor tells them there could be no atonement made for the sins of men, and taking his moral philosophy a little too far, he said there is no such thing as right and wrong, good and evil and sin. In every case where the word atonement is used, it is pretty clear the scene is not from an Old Testament setting of the Day of Atonement, but rather from the teachings concerning Jesus Christ,
1: which are not found until the New Testament. Alma 30 verse 18. And thus he did preach unto them, leading away the hearts of many, causing them to lift up their heads in their wickedness, yea, leading away many women and also men to commit whoredoms, telling them that when a man was dead, that was the end thereof. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we shall die. He taught nihilism,
0: that there is no life after death, therefore no ultimate accountability. In verses 19-20, through 20, Korhor traveled to the land of Jershon to preach, but was arrested, bound, and taken to Ammon the high priest. What happened to all that talk about freedom of religion back in verse 9? In verses 21-22, through 22, Korihor was kicked out of the land of Gershon and went to the land of Gideon to preach. Once again, he was arrested and taken before the high priest and chief judge who wanted to know why Korihor was teaching his people that there will be no Christ and speaking against the prophecies of the holy prophets. Alma 30 verse
1: 23. Now the high priest's name was Gedona, And Korahor said unto him, Because I do not teach the foolish traditions of your fathers, And because I do not teach this people to bind themselves down under the foolish ordinances and performances which are laid down by ancient priests, to usurp power and authority over them, to keep them in ignorance, that they may not lift up their heads, but be brought down according to thy words. This is the way people are controlled and kept in religious bondage
0: by those claiming to have authority over them. What foolish ordinances were they accused of performing? Did any of them have to do with temple ordinances? Alma 30,
1: verses 24-25. Ye say that this people is a free people. Behold, I say they are in bondage. Ye say that those ancient prophecies are true. Behold, I say that ye do not know that they are true. Ye say that this people is a guilty and a fallen people because of the transgression of a parent. Behold, I say that a child is not guilty because of its parents.
0: I don't think the people believed in the traditional Christian view of the fall of Adam as Corahor states here. Then, he basically quotes the LDS' second article of faith, quote, We believe that all men will be punished for their own sins, and not for Adam's transgression. Alma 30, verse 26.
1: And ye also say that Christ shall come. But behold, I say that ye do not know that there shall be a Christ. And ye say also that he shall be slain for the sins of the world,
0: the phrase, quote, the sense of the world, is from John 1, Alma 30, verse 27. Corhor goes on to accuse the church leaders of keeping people in bondage in order to financially benefit from them. They are kept so busy playing church and keeping the laws and ordinances that they cannot enjoy life. The phrase, quote, that they durst not, is from Luke 20, verse 40, and, quote, with boldness, is in Acts 40, verse 31. Alma
1: 30, verse 28. If the people should think for themselves, they might offend some unknown being who they say is God, a being who never has been seen or known, who never was nor ever will be.
0: Alma 30, verse 29. When the high priest and the chief judge were done listening to Korhor, they bound him and sent him off to Alma in the land of Zarahemla, who was governor over all the land. In verse 30, Korhor was not deterred. He even turned it up a notch by blaspheming in front of Alma. Verse 31.
1: And he did rise up in great swelling words before Alma, and did revile against the priests and teachers, accusing them of leading away the people after the silly traditions of their fathers for the sake of glutting on the labors of the people.
0: The phrase, quote, great swelling words, is from Second 2 Peter 2.18. Alma 30, verses 32-35. Alma now replies to the false claims of Korhor who accuses church leaders of enriching themselves off the members of the church. Alma defends himself and his brethren by saying they have never received anything for serving in the church and traveling around to preach the word. He asks, why have you lied about this? I have to admit, the Book of Mormon makes it very clear that church leaders were to support themselves. As we have already covered in previous lessons, this same policy does not apply to the current 15 apostles and prophets in the LDS church. They all receive at least six-figure annual salaries, as well as travel expenses and many more perks. See mormonlinks.io. Links are in the description below.
1: Alma 30, verses 37-38. And then Alma said unto him, Believest thou that there is a God? And he answered, Nay. Korihor denies that God exists. He is a professed atheist. But by the time
0: we get to verse 48, he will change his mind and become an agnostic, which is one who claims no one can know whether or not there is a God. Verse 39, Alma testifies to him that he knows that there is a God and that Christ will come. The phrase, quote, I say unto you I know, is in Matthew 25, 12. Alma 30, verse 40, Alma asks Korahor what evidence does he have that there is no God and that Christ will not come? All he only has is his word. The words, quote, that Christ cometh, are in John seven, forty-two. Alma 30, verse 41.
1: But behold, I have all things as a testimony that these things are true, and ye also have all things as a testimony unto you that they are true, and will ye deny them? Believest thou that these things are true?
0: In other words, there is far more evidence all around us in support of the evidence of God than there is supported evidence against the fact. Verse 42, Alma is now going to discern what is happening in the mind of Korhor.
1: Behold, I know that thou believest, but thou art possessed with a lying spirit, and ye have put off the spirit of God, that it may have no place in you. But the devil has power over you, and he doth carry you about working devices that he may destroy the children of God.
0: Alma believes Korihor knows the truth about God, but cannot help himself because he is possessed of the devil. Verse 43, Korihor said, Show me a
1: sign, and I will be convinced there is a God. Alma 30, verse 44. But Alma said unto him, Thou hast had signs enough, will ye tempt your God? Will ye say, Show unto me a sign, when ye have the testimony of all these thy brethren, and also all the holy prophets? The scriptures are laid before thee, yea, and all things denote there is a God, yea, even the earth, and all things that are upon the face of it. Yea, and its motion, yea, and also all the planets which move in their regular form do witness that there is a supreme creator.
0: Alma 30 verse 45. Korihor says he still wants a sign. In other words, it is up to God to prove to him that he exists. In verses 46 to 47, Alma warns Korihor that if he keeps denying God and asking for a sign, God will smite him dumb and he will never speak again. Alma 30 verse 47. The words flattering words are in first Thessalonians two five, and quote shall deny are in Luke twenty one sixty one, and quote God shall smite thee in Acts twenty three three, and doubt shalt never in John thirteen eight. Alma thirty verses forty eight to forty nine. Corahor begins to backpedal a bit.
1: Now Korahor said unto him, I do not deny the existence of a god, but I do not believe that there is a god and I say also that ye do not know that there is a God, and except ye show me a sign, I will not believe. Now Alma said unto him, This will I give unto thee for a sign, that thou shalt be struck dumb according to my words, and I say that in the name of God ye shall be struck dumb, that ye shall no more have utterance.
0: Alma 30 verse 50. Immediately Korahort was struck dumb and could not speak. Verse 51. It seems that Korihor was not only struck dumb, but this verse indicates that he was also
1: deaf. And now when the chief judge saw this, he put forth his hand and wrote unto Korahor, saying, Art thou convinced of the power of God? In whom did ye desire that Alma should show forth his sign? Would ye that he should afflict others to show unto thee a sign? Behold, he has showed unto you a sign, and now will ye dispute more.
0: I'm curious about their language. When Alma wrote this note, was it in Reformed Egyptian, Hebrew, Yiddish, or King's English? In the 1830 edition, page 309, it read, Art thou convinced of the power of a god? In later editions, the word a was deleted. Verse 52, Korihor now admits he was lying and writes a confession.
1: And Korihor put forth his hand and wrote, saying, I know that I am dumb, for I cannot speak. And I know that nothing, save it were the power of God, could bring this upon me. Yea, and I always knew that there was a God. In the
0: 1830 edition, page 309, it read, quote, And I also knew that there was a God. End quote. In later editions, the word also was changed to now read, always. I'm a 30, verse 53, Korihor had been teaching there is no God, nor is there an afterlife. Yet we learn next that Satan, in the form of an angel, appeared to him from an unseen world, and in effect told him there is no such thing as an unseen world.
1: But behold, the devil hath deceived me. For he appeared unto me in the form of an angel, and said unto me, Go and reclaim this people, for they have all gone astray after an unknown God. And he said unto me, There is no God. Yea, and he taught me that which I should say, and I have taught his words." And I taught them because they were pleasing unto the carnal mind, and I taught them even until I had much success, insomuch that I verily believed that they were true, and for this cause I withstood the truth even until I have brought this great curse upon me.
0: Korihor had lied long enough that he began to believe in his own lies. The words quote he appeared unto are in Mark sixteen fourteen, and quote in the form of are in Philippians two, six, and quote unknown God in Acts seventeen twenty three. And quote, the carnal mind in Romans 8, 7, quote, I was stood in Galatians 2, 11. Alma 30, verses 54 through 55. Korihor requested that Alma ask God to remove the curse, but without asking God, Alma simply said no, because Alma did not think Korihor had sufficiently repented and would return to leading people astray again. So instead, Alma turned Korihor out to a life of begging for food, serving as a sign to all the people. Sounds like the Christian thing to do, right? Verse 56. Korahor was cast out and became a beggar from that point on. The phrase, quote, he was cast out is in Acts 7.21.
1: Alma 30, verse 57. Now the knowledge of what had happened unto Korahor was immediately published throughout all the land. Yea, the proclamation was sent forth by the chief judge to all the people in the land, declaring unto those who had believed in the words of Korahor that they must speedily repent, lest the same judgments would come unto them. So
0: much for freedom of religion. Threatening people to repent like that does not seem to be in accordance to the loving ways of a righteous God. It sounds a bit coercive.
1: Alma 30, verse 58. And it came to pass that they were all convinced of the wickedness of Korahor. Therefore they were all converted again unto the Lord. And this put an end to the iniquity after the manner of Korahor. And Korahor did go about from house to house, begging food for his support. Verse
0: 59. We are now
1: introduced to the Zoramites. Speaking of Korahor. And it came to pass that as he went forth among the people, yea, among a people who had separated themselves from the Nephites, and called themselves Zoramites, being led by a man whose name was Zoram, and as he went forth amongst them, behold, he was run upon and trodden down, even until he was dead.
0: Korhor was trampled to death by the Zoramites. The phrase, quote, a man whose name was, is in Luke 1, 27. 60. The chapter ends by revealing the moral of the story of Korihor.
1: And thus we see the end of him who perverteth the ways of the Lord. And thus we see that the devil will not support his children at the last day, but doth speedily drag them down to hell.
0: In Mormonism, it is taught that we are literally spirit children of God. But there is no reference in the Book of Mormon to confirm that idea, or that we all lived with God in a premortal life. Apparently, the Nephites had absolutely no idea about that, and it did not form part of their fullness of the gospel. However, here in verse 60, it does clearly teach the concept that the devil has children. I doubt the LDS Church wishes to take too literally the idea that Satan actually has children. I am sure they prefer the concept that it is purely a figurative expression, and children here means followers. Nevertheless, it does say children. Alma 31 verse 1.
1: Now it came to pass that after the end of Korahor, Alma having received tidings that the Zoramites were perverting the ways of the Lord, and that Zoram, who was their leader, was leading the hearts of the people to bow down to dumb idols, his heart again began to sicken because of the iniquity of the people.
0: The Zoramites were idol worshippers. We are told nothing about this man Zoram. In verse 2, Alma was distressed because the Zoramites had separated themselves both spiritually and physically from the Nephites, which could lead to trouble. In verses 3-4, through four, the Zoramites lived in the land of Antionum, bordering next to the wilderness, which was full of Lamanites. This could pose a threat to the national security of Alma's people, if the Zoramites were ever to enter into an alliance with the Lamanites.
1: Alma 31 verse 5. And now, as the preaching of the word had a great tendency to lead the people to do that which was just, yea, it had had more powerful effect upon the minds of the people than the sword or anything else which had happened unto them. Therefore Alma thought it was expedient that they should try the virtue of the word of God.
0: After considering his options, Alma decided that preaching to the Zoramites would be better than fighting them. The phrase, quote, it was expedient that is in John eighteen fourteen, and quote, of the word of God is in Revelation 1, 2. Alma 31, verses 6 through 7. Amul gathered together his dream team of missionaries, which consisted of Ammon, Aaron, Omnar, Amulek, and Zeezrom. Alma also took two of his three sons, Sheblin and Corianton. He left behind Himni and Alma's oldest son, Helaman, to hold down the fort in Zarahemla.
1: Alma 31 verse 8. Now the Zoramites were dissenters from the Nephites. Therefore they had had the word of God preached unto them. They knew the gospel,
0: but had rejected it. They were apostates. In verses 9-11, through 11, Moroni, who is telling this story, says that the Zoramites were a bunch of commandment breakers. They refused to perform in the rites and rituals of the church. Shame on them. In the 1830 edition, pitched 310, it read, quote, But they had fell into great errors. In the 1964 edition, the word fell was changed to fallen. Alma 31, verse 10. The words continue in prayer and are in Colossians 4.2, and, quote, enter into temptation, are in Mark 14.28. Alma 31, verse 11. An entire line in this verse was lifted from Paul's remark in Acts 13.10. The phrase, quote, Wilt thou not cease to pervert the right ways of the Lord?
1: End quote. Alma 31, 12. Now when they had come into the land, behold, to their astonishment, they found that the Zoramites had built synagogues, And that they did gather themselves together on one day of the week, which day they did call the day of the Lord, and they did worship after a manner which Alma and his brethren had never
0: beheld. Does not sound like the Nephites had much diversity of religion in their country. To see someone worshiping differently was quite a surprise to them. How could the Zoramites know how to build synagogues when the Jews were not building them before Lehi left to the New World in 600 BC? But a writer in the 19th century who was able to read all of the Bible would indeed know. The term synagogue, including the plural, occurs 25 times in the Book of Mormon, beginning in 2 Nephi 26, verse 26, about 550 BC. Most Bible scholars believe that synagogues did not come into existence until the Babylonian captivity, which was after Lehi had left Jerusalem and Solomon's temple had been destroyed.
1: Alma 31, verses 13-15. through 15 for they had a place built up in the center of their synagogue, a place for standing which was high above the head, and the top thereof would only admit one person. Therefore whosoever desired to worship must go forth and stand upon the top thereof, and stretch forth his hands towards heaven, and cry with a loud voice, saying, Holy, holy God, we believe that thou art God, and we believe that thou art holy, and that thou wast a spirit, and that thou art a spirit and that thou wilt be a spirit forever.
0: Latter-day Saints sometimes argue that because the context of verse 15 speaks of the false doctrines of the Zoramites, who denied Christ and required their people to pray rote prayers, they assume that this statement regarding God being a spirit forever was also another false doctrine of the Zoramites. Yet this doctrine was condemned as a false belief. Why is there no mention in the text of Alma and his brethren being grieved over this or trying to correct it when they grieved over the false beliefs noted in verses 24 to 29, instead, we see that not only is this belief that God is a spirit affirmed here in verse 15, but that teaching was made pretty clear by Amon back in Alma 18 verses 24 to 28, and by Aaron back in Alma 22 verses nine through eleven. Thus, we maintain that Alma 3115 is not taken out of context nor misrepresentative of the overall teaching of the Book of Mormon in regards to God's spirit nature. The phrase, quote, Believe that Thou Art, is in John 11:27, Alma 31:16.
1: Holy God, we believe that Thou hast separated us from our brethren, and we do not believe in the tradition of our brethren which was handed down to them by the childishness of their fathers. But we believe that thou hast elected us to be thy holy children, and also thou hast made it known unto us that there shall be no Christ.
0: By what means was it made known to them that there will be no
1: Christ? Alma thirty-one seventeen. But thou art the same yesterday, today, and forever, and thou hast elected us that we shall be saved, whilst all around us are elected to be cast by thy wrath down to hell. For the which holiness, O God, we thank thee, And we also thank Thee that Thou hast elected us, that we may not be led away after the foolish traditions of our brethren, which doth bind them down to a belief of Christ, which doth lead their hearts to wander far from Thee our God. They believe falsely as Calvinists do today,
0: in predestination of the elect. This is called Reformed theology. The phrase, quote, the same yesterday, today, and forever, is similar to Hebrews 13.8. Alma
1: 31.18 and again we thank Thee, O God, that we are a chosen and a holy people. Amen. The words, quote, are a chosen,
0: are in First Peter two nine, Alma 31, 19-20. Alma and his brethren were shocked to see that on the same day each week, every Zoramite man would climb to the top of this tower in their synagogue to recite the same long prayer.
1: Alma thirty one twenty one. Now the place was called by them Ramiumptum which being interpreted is the holy stand. Of course, they, as holy people,
0: prayed to their holy God from a holy stand. What language did the word Ramiumtum come from? Rameumptom is not a real word. It is not listed in any dictionary. It's only used here in the Book of Mormon. The phrase, quote, which being interpreted, is from Matthew 1.23. Alma 31, 22-23. After each Zoramite man repeated the same prayer, Everyone returned home, never mentioning God again until the next week, when they assembled at the synagogue to repeat the same process over again. Alma thirty-one twenty-two, the word quote, after the tradition of are in Colossians two eight. Alma thirty-one twenty-four twenty-five, the Nephite missionaries were grieved at what they witnessed. These Zoramites were a wicked and perverse people. They were caught up in materialism and pride. In verses twenty six to twenty nine, Alma is overwhelmed with sorrow at seeing such apostate worship. He offers up his own long prayer to God. Alma says that the Zoramites claim that God has made it known to them that there will be no Christ. Alma thirty one twenty six, the phrase quote, "how long, O Lord," is also in Revelation six ten. Alma thirty one twenty seven, the words quote, "things of the world" are in First Corinthians one twenty seven. Alma thirty one verses thirty to thirty three. Instead of Alma praying for the Zoramites to change their ways, he prays that the Lord will soften and strengthen his own heart, that he will not be so critical of the Zoramites that he cannot work with them. He prays that God will conform him and his brethren souls in this regard. Alma 31:30. in the 1830 edition, page 312, it read, quote, How long wilt thou suffer that such wickedness and iniquity? Quote. Which in later editions, Iniquity was changed to infidelity. The words, mine affirmities, are in Second Corinthians twelve five, 5. Alma 31, verses
1: 34-35. O Lord, wilt thou grant unto us that we may have success in bringing them again unto thee in Christ? Behold, O Lord, their souls are precious, and many of them are our brethren. Therefore give unto us, O Lord, power and wisdom, that we may bring these our brethren again unto thee.
0: I wonder if some
1: Zoramites were relatives of these missionaries. Alma 31:36. Now it came to pass that when Alma had said these words, that he clapped his hands upon all them who were with him. And behold, as he clapped his hands upon them, they were filled with the Holy Spirit. The Latter-day Saints would interpret, quote, He clapped his hands
0: upon all of them, end quote, as being that he laid his hands upon all of them. But that is not what it says. It says, quote, he clapped his hands upon all of them," end quote, which sounds like a group clap, not a clapping over each individual. Now he did this clapping so that they would be filled with the Holy Spirit. As baptized members of the church established by Alma, did they not already have the Holy Spirit? The real concern is that the Holy Spirit was not poured out until the day of Pentecost as recorded in Acts chapter 2. Alma 31:37. The missionaries all split up in order to preach to the Zoramites. Alma 31
1: And the Lord provided for them that they should hunger not, neither should they thirst. Yea, and he also gave them strength that they should suffer no manner of afflictions, save it were swallowed up in the joy of Christ. Now this was according to the prayer of Alma, and this because he prayed in faith. God gave them
0: supernatural powers so they could go without eating or drinking the words, quote, they should suffer, are in Galatians 6.12. This concludes our study for today. Please subscribe so you won't miss any of our future episodes. You can catch us on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or you can go to our website at TalkingToWormons.com, where you can download this script and learn much more. Until next time, God bless.